When you feel your voice is not being heard, please consider calling the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflections. The show wants to be the vehicle you can use to express your opinion or get your issue out to a larger audience. We're living in a time that we can no longer allow others to speak on our behalf. If you wish to be a guest on the show and discuss on the show what's important to you, call James T. Deshay at 407-394-9819. Your issue or focus can be placed on the calendar. The show is live seven days a week. We can no longer reside in the shadow of life. It's imperative that we're on top of the issues that impact our lives now and in the future. USI never had it so good. 101.1 Radio, the best R&B and hip-hop music. The Quiet Storm every Friday and Saturday. Talk radio with the best host in the business. Sports Talk Radio every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1. And it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. You know I love music. And every time I hear something hot, it makes me want to move. It makes me want to have fun. But it's something about this joint right here. This joint right here, it makes me want to... 
when I'm looking at me when I'm walking past the mirror. Don't stress through the night at a time, but my life ain't worried about if you feel it. Got my head on straight, I got my vibe right, I ain't gonna let you kill it. Three eight three 
0309. Come out and be a part of our audience Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We're here so that you know there's a place where you can seek your peace and be respected. Uh, D, I'm going to start out with you today. You know, what's on your mind Friday? What's going on? And what do you want to, uh, to share with us today? Well, uh, good evening, James, and happy Friday. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of, I, I guess what I was thinking about uh, as it was coming on, as, as your promo was playing, uh, how uh, the president of the United States has been able to hold on to that position this long. Uh, I remember that, that uh, Ms. George and I, uh, almost a year ago, had, suspected that uh, even though he was surprised that he won the presidency, that he really didn't want to be president, and that he was doing things that would uh, that would enable him to be impeached. Uh, but now it, it seems as though that he kind of likes his job. Uh, he likes the fact that he is the ultimate voice throughout the whole world. Uh, that he got all the levers of government to do just about anything he wants, including pardon powers and executive orders and things of that sort. Uh, in his appetite for greed and sometimes lust, uh, he has bitten off more than he could chew. Um, he has spewed, spewed out verbally uh, insults that he wished that he hasn't tried to take back. Um, so since uh, since the Amarosa uh, escapade uh, has come about, I'm a firm believer that this is going to be his Achilles heel, and uh, he's going to be stepping in more stuff than than he can actually avoid. Uh, with, with the with the with the Admiral yesterday, the United States Admiral uh, Navy Seal. Uh, the guy that was uh, paramount and and bringing down Ben Lott, uh, he throwed in his hat uh, and, and said some really nice things about how uh, we all feel that this president is a, is an embarrassment to our nation. So it's it's gonna be interesting to see how everybody else follows too. Thank you. You know, one of the things I was thinking about today was how this man is interfering with a trial, in the midst of a trial, making statements about Paul Manafort, how he's a good man, and how he thinks that this is a witch hunt. He doesn't seem to know his place and know what proper protocol is related uh, to not being uh, involved or swaying juries because of his his personal opinion. Uh, and it's odd that... Uh, Nobody uh, is telling him or advising him uh, to keep his mouth closed. Uh, so, that you know, it's, it's, it's a real sad day that this man, but we know why he's interfering, uh, because ultimately if this man is found guilty, he may very well have to do something to appease him. 
and uh, that's uh, that's what the situation is. Uh, he until we get a verdict, we don't know what is at stake uh, for him as a president. Uh, Cheryl, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great, and yourself and everyone else out there. I'm doing fine. And how are those precious babies of yours doing? Oh, they're doing great. They're doing great. They're a handful, but they're doing great. <laughs> wow. Uh, Cheryl, what's on your mind today? You know, we got a wide world of uh, subjects going on. There are all kind of things uh, out there. Um, we just uh, see that a father um, uh, is going to be convicted of murdering his whole entire family, two babies, and and um, two little ones, three and four, I think they were, and one was on the way. Uh, it, it is just amazing uh, that people are cruel enough to do these kinds of things, but we got all kinds of things going on. Uh, the fires are finally out in California, and, and uh, thank God we don't have to hear about that every day. Um, you know, so what, what's on your mind today, Cheryl? I think one of the things that stuck out with me was um... – you know, we got a. I have um, a chance to see in um, in writing the difference between Donald Trump and Barack Obama. And Donald Trump tweeted, "The Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin, is dead. She was a great woman with a wonderful gift from God. Her voice. She will be missed." And then the former um, Barack Obama tweeted, Aretha helped define American experience. In her voice, we could feel our history, all of it in every shade, our power in our pain, our darkness in our light, our quest for redemption, and our hand, hard-won respect. May the Queen of Soul rest in eternal peace. And... The first one was like piercing, I mean, just like piercing to the heart. Um, just a comment, you know, my um, my son who's in college, he could have wrote something a whole lot better than what, um, what the president wrote. And then what um, former Barack Obama wrote, it was soothing. It was soothing to the heart, to the ears. You know, it was eloquent. It was something that you would want to get in the, um, if you had a loved one that was um, no longer here. So I just thought that that was just such a huge difference in the expression of two men representing um, this United States of America and how they verbally um, express they, the way that they felt. And that's the way I'm going to say it, the way that they felt and the way that it came out. So I just thought that that was just so amazing and so profound um, with a great difference in um, expressing themselves. So that that's something that really stuck out with me, and it was just like, wow. Um. Cheryl, I have to tell you that over the course of the time that I've been on the radio, 
and it requires me to listen to a lot of people share their feelings about a lot of different things. Uh, a lot of people who try to inspire people and um, a lot of elected officials. And one of the things is when you have, when you speak to, when you listen to Donald Trump a lot, and um, I want, I, I challenge you to, to, to go back when you can and listen to some of the things that he says, he cannot complete his sentences. Uh, he does not talk like a very educated man. Uh, he is very, um, he looks for things to to quickly get people to uh, respond to his speeches. And most of the time, they're negative kind of things. He's not an inspirational kind of person. Uh, and it's sad that none of the people there at the White House are able to help him um, to be better. But when he goes off on his own, he really sounds like he's rambling and that he can't, he's not very coherent when trying to put together his thoughts. And so it doesn't surprise me at all. That's why he gets in trouble a lot. If you remember when um, the African-American was killed uh, in, uh, Af I think it was Afghanistan, and he came on home and he said something to the woman like, well, he died doing what he wanted to do, or he knew what uh, the the uh, dangers were. He, he has no concept of how to talk and speak to people's feelings and talk about uh, and help inspire people. If you remember when uh, Barack Obama was down in uh, South Carolina and uh, Charleston, and he spoke at the funeral of uh, some of the people that had been murdered. And he broke out in songs. He, Donald Trump couldn't do that. He couldn't go to a funeral and be serious enough uh, and, or polished enough uh, to make people feel good in a tragic situation. He, he's a clown. And so that's why uh, he is in, unable to get people through any troubling times. And so that's what the white America selected, and that's what we have to deal with. And hopefully it's not a whole four years. Uh, Kathy, how you doing? Uh, the fires are out, and uh, you're in uh, in California, and, and uh, is life uh, a little bit better without all that smoke? Absolutely it is. And I want to say good evening to everyone, and thank everyone for their comments, and I would actually like to comment on what you guys just were talking about. I, I originally had something else, but I, I just, the spirit told me to go back to what it is you were just talking about. First, I wanted to tell you that um, Mary J. Blythe is my one of my favorite singers, and I love that song. That's the song I work out to when I'm in the gym, so... I love that song. Thank you for playing that song. But I just wanted to go back to what you guys were talking about, about the president and actually what he wrote. Um, I personally think it was honorable for him to even write something. I mean, of course he's not going to be. And don't get me wrong, you guys. Uh, I understand how he is and everything. 
for him to even write something. He doesn't know her. He doesn't know the history of us. So how it would be fake if he would have wrote something. Then we would have been saying, oh, he's fake, blah, blah, this and that. But for him to even write something to me was honorable. And like we were talking about yesterday, James, when we said that some people need to stand up, but when they stand up, are we going to uh, back them? Are we going to judge them and say, you know, they don't have this or they don't have that? So, you know, I just think we as a people should just say, okay, he, he did say something. Whether it was a grand speech or not, me myself, I'm not a I'm not a great writer either. So I wouldn't write anything elaborate about anybody. But my heart would say how I was feeling at that particular time. We know that our President Barack Obama and his white, beautiful, beautiful black queen Michelle Obama are excellent in writing and and moving people's emotions when they talk. But this man is not. We know what type of writing that he actually writes. But for him to even say something to me was an honorable thing. And I just think we need to look at it on that aspect instead of looking at it as a negative. Thank you. All right. Uh, D, as we move forward and – we find ourselves uh, dealing with a world that's so new to us uh, that uh, we really don't have leadership uh, and people willing to stand up. Uh, what are your thoughts about these uh, these service people who are standing up to him uh, because he's taking away their um, their security clearances? It seems like he's getting a lot of backlash uh, from people who are committed to the military and uh, they just, uh, they're willing to call a spade a spade right now when it comes to him and his administration. Well, uh, first of all, uh, to to Ms. Kathy's credit, you know, uh, I've always been uh, a person uh, that's been willing to give a person another chance, uh, to give them enough rope, if you will. Uh, the thing about uh, Donald Trump, President Trump, if you want to call him that, uh, he never ceased to disappoint me. And so uh, uh, he would do something nice today, and tomorrow uh, he will have uh, doo-doo on the shoe. So, uh, uh, so yeah, he did a great thing today, uh, and just wait until tomorrow. Uh, in reference to well, your... Wait, 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 wait. Let's, let's discuss that now. I'm so glad that okay. you said that, D. Because, see, okay. actually, the Bible tells us, and because you are a believer, I'm going to say this, the Bible tells us not to even worry about tomorrow, about anything Church. about tomorrow, but just about today. See, our words have power. We, we, can, we can destroy something, and we can build something up. So in this moment right here, we have to give honor where honor is actually due. So I'm not I'm not trying to praise him, you know, because I know what he did. I know who, what he said and everything. But because he did do that, we need to say, okay, he did it, and leave it like that. Don't add anything to it or take anything from it. Because tomorrow we don't know. What if he, today is the day that God is answering our prayers about him changing? Then people are going to say, oh, no, he's just going to do it again tomorrow and the next. 
No, we can't say that. We have to right now today say, okay, yes, thank you. He said something nice and leave it alone. Thank you, James, for allowing me to interject that in. Thank you. Thank you for doing that, uh, Miss Kathy, for throwing cold water on me. I, you know I appreciate that because uh, we do have to have the expectation of grace. Uh, and everything that that we that we do, and so you're you're very right. Uh, I think I I say these things, and and I I know this to be true to my heart. I say these things in the uh, in the light of entertainment, and uh, and so but uh, in the way of honest discussion, you're right. Uh, optimism is to be uh, is the is the posture to take. If we wanted to have something uh, better to happen in our life, uh, but quickly, James, um, uh, the generals, you know, uh, I have said that you know uh, Donald Trump has used his presidency as a way to uh, be uh, for opp- for opportunity purposes. Uh, you know, he has mentioned about uh, having a golf course in North Korea. Uh, we all know that uh, Dubai, India is beautiful, and he likes the the uh, the fact that they uh, talking about putting the Trump Tower right there on the edge of, uh, of the Indian Ocean in India. So um, and so these generals and these admirals, uh, these are career uh, patriots, and so yes, they are going to lose their patience. With a person that uh, blatantly uh, uses the office of the presidency as a stage to to, to clown, to clown and insult people with. So now General Mattis and 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 the other guy, I can't think of his name now. Uh, they are still kind of silent, um, but um, you know we got to wonder. Uh, Mike Pence is still silent, you know, and we got. I always wondered that what, what are they doing? Are they doing something behind the scenes, or you know? So it's yet to be seen. Thank you for letting me say that, Pence. Well, let me just say that I um I think Cassie gives us balance, uh, and some of the other people who call in uh, do the same thing, who try to give Donald Trump the benefit of the doubt. And uh, I'm looking forward to his demise. So it's a little more difficult to sell me on when I should give him uh, uh, some <laughs> some uh, benefit of the doubt. But one of the things I do want to say uh, that I heard you say, D, was that uh, that Morosa may be his Achilles' heel. Uh, the truth is, is that that would be history repeating itself. Uh, we realize that most of the time, no matter how strong we are as men, the thing that brings us to our knees are females. And I'm not sure if there is a personal relationship between him and Marosa, but seemingly she seems to know a lot about his personal business. And I believe over a course of a 15-year period, uh, that it is possible to, for that to happen. I heard today or saw somewhere where uh, Marosa has almost 200 tapes 
of of uh, people talking, and one of which is his wife uh, really no longer wanting to be in that relationship. Uh, so it's going to be surprising uh, to see if that marriage survives uh, his presidency, or uh, which one ends first, his presidency or his marriage. Uh, because clearly we've seen, we've publicly seen times when she slaps his hand away. So if she does that in public, my God, what kind of uh, relationship do they have in private? And so uh, it is going to be interesting, Cheryl, to see all this stuff plays out. It's sad that we it is going to play out, and the ugliness of humanity uh, is going to be displayed. Uh, by this uh, by this administration, uh, these people are just unable to deal with the what they're going through. That's that young lady named Sandra, and D. What is her name? The the, the spokesman for uh, the administration. Her first name is Sandra. Sarah Sarah, uh, Sarah Sanders. Uh, uh, Mike Huckabee's daughter. Uh, H president candidate. Okay. Let, Sarah, let me Sarah say to you. I don't know. I, I find it that this girl does not I don't know if she's gonna survive um being a part of this administration because you know it has to be a lot of pressure uh to be somebody you're not. To commit yourself to somebody who who doesn't have any moral standards? I would find that difficult to go to work for somebody that like that day after day after day. And I just think that the lies she has to tell and the spins she has to give to everything is at some point is going to cause her a lot of trouble. And so, uh, Cheryl, you know, you have to ask yourself, how long can you survive as a liar? If, if that's not who you are, Donald Trump has, has uh, resigned himself to being that kind of person. Uh, so every day is just another day. Well, I don't know. Um, I can't answer that. Um, that question, um, how long can you, um, you know, you can stand doing that. But um, I see that some people, and I want to say honestly and dishonestly, turn their heads when it comes to what they're really seeing. Some people just don't want to see it. And when they don't want to see it, they truly don't see it. So they put themselves out of the way. You know, and we all, um, you know, young, been guilty of that when um, in relationships and everybody else can see what's going on and we right there involved in it. And it's like, you know, how come we can't see um, because the writing is playing on the wall? So I said that to say, um, you know, that is the case for many of those that are in his um, administration because they really don't want to see or they are blinded by a lot of the things that are going on. Um, you know, this thing with um, him and Amarosa, I don't know. I mean, I think it's going to get worse before it even dies down. 
And, you know, I was shocked and not shocked at the name calling that um, of the words that he used in, you know, describing her. But I don't think that, you know, by a long shot is she finished with him. And I know that a lot of it is going to be in the, um, in her book, and that's all a part of, you know, trying to get people to purchase the book. Um, but I think as time goes on, we're going to hear a little bit more and a little bit more, and not only recordings from her, but others are going to come out as well. And, you know, just like we constantly, you know, talk about um, this is the time of exposure. So a lot of things are going to be exposed. A lot of things are going to, because if all the cards are not laid on the table, then we definitely can't get to the root of, you know, anything at all. Um, And I don't think that this is a permanent situation where it's going to be covered up. I believe that you know, a lot of it's going to be exposed and not with um, tampered with things and tampered with tapes and, you know, um, those type of things. I believe that the truth is going to come out and everything is going to even off at some point. Now, when that's going to happen, I don't know. But I do believe that, you know, we, we can't um, continue to live the way we are Um you know, for a long period of time. But I do believe that, you know, um, that it's going to come out. But I do believe that some, you know, are blinded. And, you know, and if we start to think back in relationships, you know, somebody would tell us, like, man, you just don't know what this girl is doing to you. Or, girl, you you just can't see what he's doing. You know, he's making a fool of you. So sometimes we are really blinded and truthfully blinded. And then sometimes, you know, some people just look the other way and really know, um, but they feel like they have something to gain in it. So it's best in their interest, what they believe in their best interest, is just to turn away and not um, and not to be a part of it, meaning you can know what's going on but um, not say anything because there is something in it for you. So it works in a lot of different ways, but um, the name calling really has to, I mean, that's really not um, professional at all. That's something that really has to stop. And, you know, I I really believe there are African Americans who truly believe in what they're doing, even if they believe something different than myself. Um, I just have all the respect in the world for Condoleezza Rice, who served with uh, uh, George Bruce Jr. And I believe that uh, she was willing to truly give him her honest opinion and not just go away along with whatever he said. So, um, and Colin Powell uh, did the same thing. Those, those people served with honor and did the best thing they could in the situation they were in. I just feel like uh, in this administration, uh, Amarosa uh, knew that there was something wrong with this administration, and she followed her leader's suit. Uh, D, if you remember when he first got in trouble with uh, the FBI, the head of the FBI, he made this statement about, I wish there were tapes. And see, you know, I know that if he said that in public, 
He said it in private. And when you say that around people who you're supposed to be leading, I'm telling you, there, there's some people who won't say, well, look, if the president is taping me, I'm going to tape him because none of those people trust each other. They know at the drop of a hat, he'll, he'll throw them under the bus like he's throwing other people under the bus who supposedly were working with him. And so it is, it is just interesting how all this is going to play out. But we know that a woman can be a, a, a leader's worst enemy because the history has, has shown that. But let me ask you this, Kathy, uh, and I'm not sure you're aware of it, but Amarosa is uh, married to a minister, and she herself is supposed to be in the ministry. But how can you be a believer uh, to that point or to that level if your purpose is to bring a man down, that you're looking uh, to bring somebody down? I, I didn't know that that people in the ministry uh, were supposed to be behaving like that. <laughs> Dang. Are you serious about the question you just asked? <laughs> <laughs> yes. You you might go to person when it comes to ministry. <laughs> now, come on now. In the ministry, outside of the ministry, it doesn't matter if a person is wrong, a person is wrong. And as as someone quoted earlier, it's about exposure, being exposed. So if something is not right, Regardless who is used, it's going to be exposed. So at this time, she's being ex- uh, used to expose him. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with her exposing something if she has something on him that's not good for our country. So whether you're a minister, a pastor, a bishop, um, um, the pope, if something is wrong, then the people has to be exposed to the community, the country, or whoever it is, because we don't want that type of person running our country, running our city, running the state, whatever it is. So, I mean, God tells us that we should be truthful. That That's that's something that he says, that we, could, we should walk in righteousness. We should always be about the truth. So if she's telling the truth about these things, there's nothing wrong with that. All right, okay. I, I, you, you, uh, you surprised me. I didn't think that was the direction you would go. So that that was an interception of sorts, uh, D. That Kathy uh, was willing to, to to ride along with us because we are looking for. You know, this lady said she got two hundred tape conversations. Now you've got to have something. Uh, I mean, you're on a mission when you got two hundred tape conversations. Well, you, you have to also understand that catch is always well prepared. So, <laughs> for a question like that, so but that's all good. But look, uh, Jane, you you asked up, you asked about three different questions, and so I want to tackle this one first. I think uh, first of all, I want to tackle the question about Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh, and her willingness to be part of a, a doomed situation that, that appears to be doomed, um, and, and and seem to be all right with that. Well, so is Ted Cruz seemed to be all right with that. And so does uh, Kellyanne Conway seemed to be all right with that. Now, remember, Kellyanne Conway and her husband are at odds about Donald Trump. 
uh, her husband, the the man that she go home to every night, and they sleep in the same bed supposedly, hopefully. Uh, they are uh, at at uh, at at two different spectrums about Donald Trump. Her husband hates Donald Trump and talks about him re- readily in in a in a negative fashion. And so so that would say to me that Ted Cruz, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, and and Kellyanne Conway, just to name three, are opportunists. You know, like Ted Cruz for one. Uh, the, uh, Trump uh, accused his dad of being part of the assassination team with uh, JFK and talked about his wife and everything and had Ted Cruz boiling from the top up. But still, he endorsed him and still and still protects him in a lot of ways. All right, so they're opportunists. Now, when it comes down to the fact that women are used uh, to uh, infiltrate, if you will, and try to bring down a, a man in a powerful position. Uh, that is the case. Uh, they 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 know that um, men uh, have have this soft spot for women like Bill Clinton and like Marion Barry. For one, you know they have been after him for a minute, and so what better way to get to him uh, other than to find somebody that get that can get close to him and, and like the things that he likes. So that works. Uh, like Mike Tyson, uh, Vander Holyfield was no way, nowhere ready to fight Mike Tyson at his prime, and so they sent then um, this young lady, uh, uh, knowingly or unknowingly, but Mike was an animal, and surely, sure enough, he had to spend three years in prison. Uh, we've all heard about the lady in the red dress, and I think that was, um, I don't know if it was a mafia scenario or Abraham Lincoln that the, the lady in the red dress will get close enough to, to actually paint the target, if you will. So, you know, uh, it, it has always been known in the, in the, uh, in the uh, intelligence community that women can be a security risk. And so, um, and so now, that being said, Amorosa, Amorosa, uh, I think that she's an opportunist also. All right? And... Uh, knowing the appetite of Donald Trump, uh, I think that she put herself in a position. And, uh, of course, you know, they have history uh, with uh, The Apprentice, which I never watched. Um, but uh, surely by saying the right thing, and see, that's where Vladimir Putin comes in. And anybody else that want to get close to Trump, all you have to do is say the right thing. He's an easy fish. And the Russians know that. that Russian, the Russians fish for people that are easy, people who like to talk about themselves and like to uh, give up information on other people. That's what made Donald Trump an easy fish. And so in Omarosa case, all she had to do is say the things that he likes to say and that she is. She's in. Uh, and so I do think uh, overall she's an opportunist, and I ain't got no problem with that because uh, we said we want them out. And so where do they take Thanks. Uh, Cheryl, let me ask you, you know, um, you being a believer, and we've heard time and time again, you know, history repeats itself, uh, but when we talk about the fact that it would be harder for a, a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven, it's because of his, uh, his inability uh, to believe that anybody is greater than him. Uh, he believes that he is uh, the master of his environment, 
Uh, so he he leads his life like he uh, should be the to, to uh, control everything. So obviously Donald Trump is one of those men who doesn't believe that he uh, needs God. He only uses God uh, when he when it's in his best interest. Uh, when he thought that being the president required for him to to be a Christian like person, then he talked about the church and wanted to go around clergy people to have them endorse him. But obviously we see that this man uh, would not is not godly in the fact that he can call a woman a dog and uh, say all the other things that he said about him. His Christian-like spirit was not with him these past few days. I'm sorry. I, um, I had a call, and I heard some of it but not all of what you said. Well, I'm just saying that we have a president who uh, considers himself worth worth billions and who uh, doesn't have a moral compass. Uh, And the fact is, is that we can't look for him to do the kind of things that a moral kind of man would do uh, because, you know, our Bible talks about how difficult it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of of heaven. You there, Cheryl? Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Okay, when we look at um, rich, I associate it with greed, not with the, um, with what, the amount of money or what you have because somebody can be rich and be very giving and sharing. But when you're looking at being greedy, meaning um, accumulating wealth at any cost, in all costs, and not mattering how you accumulate it and the selfishness of what you have when you do get it, so there's a big difference in, you know, being rich. And not only that, you can be rich with so many other things, but I do think, do believe you're um, really um, talking about monetary um, wealth, that kind of richness, that kind of wealth, because, you know, we can be rich um, without the money. We can be rich without, um, you know, the things and the possessions. But, yeah, his richness has to do with greed. And I don't know if a lot of people remember one of the times when um, when he um, went bankruptcy. And a lot of people that he helped along the way, um, he made it a point when they weren't there for him in the way that they he wanted them to be there for him. He made it a point that he was going to get back at each and every one of them. And maybe, you know, sometimes we are in one position at one time and in another position at another time. And just because, you know, I help somebody, that does not mean that they will be in that position to help me too. But I can remember, you know, those words when he said that they're going to regret not helping him to get back on his feet when he had filed bankruptcy. Um, So his type of richness is more greed than anything. Um, and that's that's the problem 
you know, that we have with him. And it comes from, you know, a lot of it, he don't know what it is like to be poor. He has no idea at all. And some people just can't relate to others. That's all they know. That's all that they want. And that's what drives them and nothing else. You know, and they're going to get what they want. And, I mean, he's a man of business because, you know, he's filed bankruptcy and lost every. You know, well, when we say lost, not to the point where we would lose everything, but you know what I'm saying. And right. he knows how to get it back again. And that means that he's going to do whatever he has to do, you know, honestly or dishonestly. And that's the same way that he conducts, you know, his life. But he's doing it in a way that he really don't know. And that's why you say our people perish, and that means everybody. It does not um, specifically mean black people. It means all people for a lack of knowledge. And he's not knowledgeable to people, um, well, I can say poor, or people who are less fortunate than he is. So, I mean, he has a lot to learn. He's not um, grounded and well-rounded in all areas. And we can clearly see um, just by the way that he conducts himself and the way that he acts and the things that he do and definitely the inappropriate things that he says. It is obvious to me uh, that when we are when we're being taught and trained and uh given instructions on how to be a good human being uh that this man missed out on some of that teaching and um doesn't recognize that they're just uh rules universal rules that the majority of us been taught uh, to display under certain situations, you know, when, you know, the thought that when you don't have anything good to say, don't say nothing at all. Uh, but yet, uh, and there's some things you might say to somebody privately that you don't want, you wouldn't say to them publicly. Uh, Kathy, I have, you know, I was, I asked the question, it might've been yesterday and I'm going to ask it again with uh D on the line. Um, where else in the world could a, a, CEO or a leader of a business or manager of a business, their employees a dog and not get fired. I mean, I just don't know of any other place that that would be acceptable public behavior to say to a female who you once called outstanding and great and you hired her and you gave her a job for a hundred and Seventy thousand dollars a year, and yet now she is a uh, a dog. Uh, where else could that happen? James, I am not sure where else that could happen, but I can just uh, think of relationships. People in relationships when they break up. Sometimes they begin to call one another out of one another's name, so possibly something on that sense. But you have, when we originally got on the phone, you were asking 
what did we want to talk about today? It seems like this thing has turned around once again to be about <laughs> Donald Trump. So I'm asking you, is that what we're talking about, or can I say what was on my heart for today? You definitely can share and change directions. This is what's on your mind Friday. So if you got something uh, else to talk about, we are more than like <laughs> to hear it. Okay, thank you so kindly. So I was just reading one of my Facebook posts, and it's, it's talking about a, a coach who got fired. His name is Bobby Bolden. I don't know if you guys heard about this story, but he prays after the game with his um, players, and they fired him because he would not stop praying with with um, the team. So he said that he would just go ahead and leave because he's not going to stop praying with these kids. So they're, they are now talking about it, you know, and some some families are saying that if he's not going to pray with the kids, then who's going to pray with them? So that's a big thing that's going on now. I don't know if you guys have heard it or not, but it says if if we're going to fire every coach or every teacher that has prayer with his team, who's going to raise our children? Legendary football coach Bobby Baldwin is standing by high school football coach Joe Kennedy, sorry, who lost his job for refusing to stop praying after games. So that's something that we need to be talking about because if this man, this man is actually standing for something good with our kids and we need, this is something we need to get behind. We need to send our dollars to make sure that he can uh, continue to support his family because what he was doing is for the good of the kids. Uh, well, let me just share this with you, and I am I support you wholeheartedly. Uh, most of these um, most of these teams around the country, including high schools, I'm not sure about pro teams, but I know college teams. And uh, high school teams have a designated member, a minister. Uh, so uh, I'm not saying all of them, but there is a quite a few of them that do. I grew up with a coach who required us to go to church, and we would select a church uh, after every every game uh, that we would visit. Now, I know you can't do that now, but it's sad that a coach can't kneel on the field after a game and thank God for no injuries in, in injuries uh, for a win or, or uh, you know, a loss. No matter how he would pray, I'm sure he wasn't undefeated. He wasn't undefeated, uh, but it is just sad that we've gotten to the point where we want to eliminate. And not all the players, if I'm not mistaken, not all the players were required to participate. And so it is just a sad thing, D, that uh, God and and religion has always been a part of uh, sports, as I remember it. Are you? Uh, yes, I am, sir. I'm sorry. I had it on mute and couldn't get it off. Uh, yes, um, you know, um, you know, yes, 
it has always been a part of sports, particularly because, uh, especially in contact sports, uh, anywhere from wrestling to um, uh, the sport of martial arts to, uh, shoot, maybe even water polo. Um, People want to uh, include God, our Savior, and our Lord uh, to uh, have some confidence that their their action is going to be um, looked at looked after, so they can go home at night like everybody else. Now, um, I, I I wanted to ask the question, and I guess it really don't matter. But I still want to ask the question: uh, if this if this coach that Kathy is speaking of was the African American or if he's if he's white, and the reason I want to ask that question is because um, you know uh, the Republicans uh, seem to always want to hold uh, prayer in school as one of their calling cards. Um, the absence thereof being one of the problems that we have in the world today. Um, so my my Suspicion is if this if this culture was black, then they got a, a, a then they got a problem with his race and not with it and not with his action. He is actually white. Okay, okay. Well, thank you, thank you, Miss Kathy, for not including that. And that was just a suspicion that I had. And thanks for the clarity of that. Appreciate you. Thank you, James. You know, we have to recognize that. Being uh, believers has been taking a beating over the years. And uh, what we used to allow our coaches to do in order to make us more humane, and see, that's what I'm talking about. There are a lot of different things that made children less angry and less human, I mean, and more human, uh, was teachers who were allowed to bring their spirituality into the classroom. And so now that you have all these these people being told that they can't share their Christianity, that may be the reason why our children are so angry and uh, are so unwilling uh, to show compassion uh, to each other. How are you doing, Stacey? Uh, welcome back. Um, we're just talking about anything today, so... What's on your mind today uh, uh, as you uh, go about your journey? Hello. I am working. I'm working, so I just tuned in now. I just dropped someone off. I was, um, well, I was just thinking about the, the scriptures. I always relate everything happens in the world today to the scriptures. And one scripture that came to my mind as it relates to this um, uh, topic is that there's a scripture that says they are all snared in holes. Now, what that means is that it's basically what it says, that when you want to talk about the word, you can't talk about the word. It's forbidden and banned in school, but you can talk about everything else uh, that's immoral and unjust and not good for the growth of the people. So it's just the way they have it set up because they don't want to have that type of society. Like that. Um, television programs growing up, there was more bad programs than good. And if we had, just imagine how much greater we would have been if we had Bible stories as opposed to all these other wicked things that we watch on television, assassinations and murder and fights and, you know, 
I always said that we would be a greater nation if we had more positive role models and positive things to look at and um, that's presented to us, and we don't have that. Um, let me, let me, and you're so right. Let me um, share a story with you guys that uh, we dealt with a few days ago. We were talking about how difficult it is to be a teacher. Uh, two African-American teachers, D, are being fired uh, because they refuse uh, to call a little girl a boy. Uh, the first day of oh, school, wow. uh, uh, I think it was first grade or second grade, or she was very young, came and told her teachers uh, that she was a boy and she wanted to be referred to as a boy. And the actuality oh, wow. was the girl came and she she would switch up sometimes. And sometimes she'd be a girl and sometimes she'd be a boy and sometimes she'd want to go in the boy's bathroom. And these oh, ladies no. just refused to uh, to acquiesce uh, to the, the instructions that they were given uh, because they knew that this girl was confused uh, because she was being raised by two lesbians. And I ain't got nothing against lesbians. I'm just here sharing that with you. Uh, so, right. Kathy, you are dealing with a problem where, you know, uh, teachers are being demanded to follow along with these orders of their these parents and they know that the girl is not being given an opportunity to be who she is. That's not right. Well I don't I don't know uh, I don't know know James um how to actually answer that question. Now you you said that the teachers had a student that would come in sometimes as a little girl, sometimes as a little boy. And I believe you're asking my opinion about that. So uh, I'm saying, I'm thank God I'm not a teacher at this point in time. In, in, but I, I think counseling is needed in this particular instance of this child's life because clearly they are confused. And um, they need counseling because uh, to first of all find out what's really going on. Because to me, that's a suicidal, seem like a suicidal attempt is getting ready to happen. Because if you come in one day as a girl and the next day as a boy, first of all, when you're that young, you you really don't know who you are anyway. You know, so. It, Counseling and a lot of prayer would be what I would say. I, I would like to add to that. Go ahead, uh, Stacy. Yeah, I think that the counseling would be rejected even by the parents because they don't want her to have no other mind, uh, mindset except what they're promoting. And to counsel means to put them in check, put them in order, give them the options, and the child is clearly confused. So we have the scripture says God is not an author of confusion. So if we go to that, which they don't want to ever go to, uh, if they, a lot of things are in the, in the, the golden rules are in the Bible. The way to live life is in the Bible, but we, they've gone away from that. So they are given up to a reprobate mind, but they will corrupt our children if allowed to be among our children. And that's the whole game plan. I, 
saw things um, where gay people lost their, they were trying to get rights um, back in Clinton Day. And it kept failing and failing. And one time, one guy that was gay got up and so upset. He said, we will um, rape your children and we will, um, there's nothing we can do about it. And we will uh, infiltrate. He was talking about what the gay people and the gay community would eventually do. And it's being recorded. It's a video recorded. So they have a diabolical plot to corrupt the whole of us, all of us. And if we don't go with it, because they have the money, they have the purse, the these people in high places, the scripture says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers in high places and the rulers of darkness and principalities. So the whole game plan is to corrupt everybody. And um, it's just a, we have to cut it off, nip it off, nip it in the bud before it takes place. And it's a big job. Uh, Cheryl, you're in the midst of raising uh, two kids. And you know, I, 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 you know, I'm one of those logical thinking persons. You cannot raise a child without indoctrinating to them to your beliefs. Uh, that if you, there is no way that you can you can incorporate, you will not incorporate who you are in raising those children. So here in this situation where this child is coming. The school in first or second grade, and she telling the teacher she a boy uh, when she's really a girl. That 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 is uh, that those those parents are involved with that somewhere. You're right because um, somebody that young is really being confused, and the confusion is starting um starting at the home, and you know those of the same sex have to be very careful when raising children because it's very hard not for them to see them whether men so that's really confusing to them and um, just like somebody mentioned you know although they need counseling counseling probably will be rejected um, from their parents for them and it's sad to see this is going on because, you know, really your hands is tied. I mean, you can't do for children if their parents are not willing to um, to agree with it. Um, and they may not think that their child, you know, if my child says he's a boy, she's a boy and I want you to treat her like a boy, um, if that makes any sense. But um, at that young, you, you know, you're right. I have a boy and I have a girl. The girl is being raised as a girl, and the boy is being raised as a boy. And the things that I'm teaching um, the girl is strictly made for a girl. I'm not how to be a boy so that she can have the choice later on. Same thing with, you know, my son is here the time up with the little boy and um so this is it's you know it's a situation where a lot of people hands are tied now the even a sadder point is is that how could these teachers lose their job over something like this um i mean you know how you going to address a little girl as a boy 
when they come to school and they say, well, today I'm a boy. And today, you know, we are now letting the children control everything. And that's how it's been, you know, even down to the discipline. When the children go to school and they say something and the teacher or somebody feels that the discipline is inappropriate, then now the teachers um, and the parents have to comply with the children's actions today. And it seems as though now the children have more rights than the parents and the teachers. But I think it's sad that they um, that they fired this teacher because of that. I mean, to me, you got to have, I mean, that, to me, I can't find no rhyme or reason in it. And I just think that this um, child needs um, more special attention than the school with this many students can give this child. And maybe the parents need to think about homeschooling or send it to a, a school, which I'm pretty sure they're going to have one, you know, where there's all transgenders and, you know, you can they'll say come as you are, whoever you are today. But in this setting, that's not the case. And I don't think that these teachers should um, have to lose their income because of something like this. All right, we're going to take a short break, and we're going to come back and uh, give everybody an opportunity to say their final words.
Cheryl, what is your final thought for this evening? As usual, it was great conversation, um, great hearing the opinions and um, of each other, and I think that we all have learned some things listening. I know I have, um, but again, it goes, you know, there's so much that's going on out here, so much um, that we... Uh, we are, you know, running across every single day in our lives. So with all of that being said, you know, whatever we do, we can always do more. All right. Stacy, what do you want to leave us with today? Well, I think that we all have rights. It's not fair to, to the ones that want to be straight that they have to be submit themselves to change that sort of pervert their children and change their moral standards. So perhaps they need to create facilities to house these people that believe that way and have their own um, gay layers being set up for schools and everything, just straight down the middle, because we have rights too. We have to stand up for our rights. And the problem is this. In the book of um, King James Version, John chapter 3, verse 17 through 21, it says, and this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light. So that's um, John three seventeen through 21, and this is the whole problem. So if they like that, they don't want nothing to do with God, give them that separation. And in the days of Moses, Moses said, who's on the Lord's side and um, who's on the side of the world? And then they made separation in the wilderness. And then God got rid of the people that didn't want nothing to have, have to do anything with God. Choose you this day, it said. Moses said, choose Jesus, say who you shall serve, whether it be the gods of your fathers that was on the other side of the flood, or on us. But as for me and my house, we will choose to serve the Lord. So this is what they is. We don't have to make a stand. Just like they're making a stand. And because we have rights, too. We have to remember we have rights, too. And we have to execute our rights. And we stand more firm on our rights. Our rights are more legitimate than theirs. All right. I appreciate that. As always, I thank you all for your support, those of you who call into the show and share your thoughts. We are here seven days a week, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We're here so that you have a voice. So make sure that you use your voice so we can show people that we have a right to be heard. We want to make sure we're always heard. Take care, everybody, and we'll see you tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Thoughts, Love, right. and Reflection. Okay. Tomorrow.